This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. All right, nightmare scenario. You wake up to a notification that you have hit your limit on your credit card, but you're pretty sure that you've spent nowhere near the limit last time you checked. When you open the app on your phone, you see that there's a $1,000 charge to Amazon or Apple or Target. Either way, you know that you didn't spend that money. Now, in the digital age, credit card fraud can happen to anyone. Seriously, anyone. But there are ways that you can protect yourself. Joining us to relieve our anxiety and offer some tips is Shira Oviday. She's the writer of the Washington Post's Tech Friend newsletter and recently wrote about credit card fraud. Welcome back, Shira. Hello. Thank you very much. I got sweaty just hearing your intro talking about (laughs) (laughs) surprise charges. The anxiety is already, you know, building up. So I have been through this, Shira. It is not fun at all. And I'm hearing you were recently a victim of credit card fraud. What happened? Yeah, and unfortunately not for the first time. But yes, you're right. I was home on a recent lazy Sunday and got this text from my credit card company saying, there is a pending $1,300 charge to your credit card from Apple.com. We think this might be fraud. Reply yes or no. And I immediately texted, no, that was not me. Somebody was trying to use my credit card number to make this gigantic purchase. And again, this is probably stress and anxiety that people know well, that even if you know you're not responsible for fraudulent charges on your card, um, it, it can be a hassle and it can take time and stress mm-hmm. out of your life to deal with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was sweating when it happened to me. And now this was years ago, but I remember it wasn't just one charge. It was a, it was multiple because whoever got a hold of my credit card number or my credit card or or whatever they did, uh, they hit up about four or five stores within a 30-minute span of time, yeah. oh, which, boy. you know, is, yeah. is, is quite stressful. So is there anything that we can do just to completely avoid fraudulent charges? The answer, unfortunately, is no. The mm. reality of life in America <laughs> and the reality of crime is that, particularly in, in the United States, um, financial fraud, credit card and, and debit card and payment fraud, it, it pays. It, it's a highly lucrative, highly specialized field of crime. And there's really no way to completely protect yourself from credit card fraud. It's really a matter of um, trying to catch it as early as possible and trying to do whatever you can to try to minimize the mess if and when the criminals come for you. Yeah. So how do fraudsters get our credit card information in the first place? Yeah, I mean, basically every possible way you can imagine. Uh, You know, you probably see every day or every few days these hacks of all these websites, right? And one of the things that criminals are looking for is they go digging in repositories at you know T-Mobile or Target or these other places that have databases of uh, people's names and email addresses and credit cards, and and that's one way that criminals find credit card numbers. You know, there's the kind of old-fashioned you know card skimmers, right? The person who's sort of whatever, the rogue server at your restaurant and takes your card and like takes it in the back and runs it through a skimmer. But really, like a lot of aspects of crime, um, you know, stealing credit card numbers and debit card numbers has become largely a kind of specialized digital field where people are looking for, um, you know, repositories of card numbers in the thousands and millions and less so of these like one-off, 
you know, somebody copying your card at the gas station or at your local coffee shop. Yeah. So now that we are all super freaked out and stressed about uh, others stealing our credit card information, I want you to give us some tips. I mean, first of all, do I really have to sign up for alerts from my bank? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Unfortunately, you know, when I talk to experts about my experience, they said that really the the things you have to do are these kind of very annoying, boring things like, yes, signing up for notifications that most or nearly all credit and debit cards offer that will send you a text or an email notification maybe every time your card is used or particularly um, they're particularly helpful when your card is used uh, in what's called card not present transactions. So this is um, situations where you're buying something online or mm-hmm. somebody else is buying something online where the physical card is is not actually there. Okay. That instead it's you know just the card number or like a Apple Apple Pay or something like that. So those are the kinds of things where again it doesn't stop fraud, but at least you'll know right away. Oh no, that Apple.com charge. That's not me. That restaurant in Florida when I'm I'm with my family in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not me. Right, and to just catch it early, that kind of vigilance is really your best protection, even if it's annoying. And um, and again, yeah. it doesn't actually stop fraud. It just helps you clean up the mess faster. So, I mean, even if I ask you what kinds of charges we should be watching out for, I feel like it's all of them. <laughs> I feel like we should yeah, just be it is, it keeping an eye. Them. Yes. Well, the, you know, something that experts told me, and, you know, criminals don't all use the same tactics, but a very common tactic is you know, some criminal makes small uh, small charges that maybe you wouldn't necessarily notice right away, a few dollars, $15, something like that. And then once the card, uh, once they see that the card is valid and the, the purchase goes through, they immediately go for the big ticket item, the, right, the $1,000 Apple purchase. You go straight to the jewelry store, you go to Best Buy right. and buy a TV, right? Those, so those sort of small purchases followed by gigantic luxury items. Yeah, that's, kind that's of what a, happened to me. Uh, they went, they went to fraud. two furniture yeah. stores and then Victoria's Secret. I was like, okay. All wow, right. Okay. <laughs> tells, tells me a lot. Okay. Are there are there certain apps or, or platforms you suggest that people avoid? Yeah. Well. So when I when I spoke to folks this time again, this wasn't my circumstance, but um, one thing that is increasingly prevalent is fraud and scams through these peer to peer payment apps like Zelle. Right. Zelle is an app that people can use to easily send money to one another. Yes, I use right, it often. Your bank account. It's, yep, it's run by a consortium of large banks. It's in use by many um, banks in the United States. It's a very handy app. Um, unfortunately, it is also a favorite of fraudsters because no. it is nearly instantaneous to, to send money from one account to another. So you have these fraudsters that sort of pretend to be your bank saying there's something wrong with your there's something wrong with your account. It's an emergency. Someone's trying to drain your account. Please send money using this link, right? And when you get those kind of artificial emergency kind of requests for money, um, experts told me, just pause and think about, wait, is my bank really going to text me? If Is this phone call that claims it's from Wells Fargo really from Wells Fargo? Let me hang up the phone, take a breath. Um, and make sure and just, you know, call my bank again and make sure this was really them and yeah. not an imposter trying to get me to send money. Because once you send money through an app like Zelle, 
you're probably not going to get it back. Oh it does goodness. not have the same kinds of protections as paying um, with a debit or credit card. Yeah. Well, everything I thought I knew, what you just shattered, Shira. <laughs> um, I'm, really, I'm really sorry. They're very handy apps, but uh, the exercise I talked to you just said, think of them like yeah. if... Uh, like handing someone a fistful of cash. So in, if you're in a situation where you wouldn't feel comfortable handing somebody a big wad of cash, don't pay them by Zelle either. So, you know, the stranger is trying to buy your TV on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Don't use Zelle. It's fine if you want to use it with, you know, the woman who cuts your hair or a merchant at your local farmer's market that you trust. But don't don't use it with strangers. And definitely, you know, beware of um, people saying we need you to wire money immediately through Zelle. It's you, probably going to be a scammer. You mentioned in the article card locks as an option. Yeah, and I confess I don't use this because I find them annoying to use. But again, many uh, credit and debit cards offer these features where you can you can lock your card in all or some circumstance. So you might you might have an option with your credit card to say if um, my card is locked for any purchase above whatever your threshold is, mm-hmm. $50, $100. So that means you you can't, your card cannot be used under any circumstance for a purchase above $50 unless you go to your you know online account and unlock the card. And you can mm-hmm. do that for all purchases too, right? I know people who do this as a way basically to avoid spending money, right? Because yeah. if you have to go in your app or you have to go in your your um your online credit card account and unlock it every time you want to buy something, it's basically a, a, a hurdle to you you buying anything. Yeah. So, you know, this may not be for everybody, but it's, again, it's another safety measure that you can use that doesn't necessarily prevent all fraud, but it does make it more difficult for both you and any potential criminal to buy, try to buy something using your payment details. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Credit card fraud can feel like a bad dream, especially if you're struggling to make ends meet as it is. So we are talking to Shira Oviday, who writes the Washington Post's Tech Friend newsletter. She's giving us some tips on protecting ourselves from fraudulent charges. We talked to you a couple weeks ago, Shira, about cybersecurity and passwords. And I'm happy to report I have taken some of your advice, okay, and I have been strengthening my password, so I hope that you're proud. Um, Amazing. I am proud. Good for you. That's terrific. But does any of this conversation uh, that we had uh, on passwords, does any of that factor in here? Yes, 100%. I mean, the the best measures we can take are, again, these very unglamorous, dull measures, including things exactly like what you mentioned, of when we can, and particularly for important accounts like email and financial accounts, of creating strong passwords. And again, the reason for that is, um, you know, I mentioned at the the top of this interview, right, that the places where criminals look for credit cards is to, you know, go digging in these giant repositories online of credit card card details at, you know, Amazon or Target or Bed Bath & Beyond, these Mm -hmm. places that have thousands or millions of, of credit card details already saved. And so, um, you know, it's it's not foolproof, but if you if you have a password that's strong, you don't reuse them on lots of places. That prevents criminals 
or at least slows criminals from hacking into your account, or, or if they do hack into accounts, at least you're not using the same password of like password one two three on your credit card account, and also that T-Mobile uh, account that got compromised by hackers a few weeks ago. So, just to be clear, does any of this advice that you're giving differ if we're talking about debit cards rather than credit cards? They're, well, credit and debit cards, they're a little bit different. One of the differences with debit cards is that the money immediately, or not immediately, but nearly immediately leaves your account, right? So that that's obviously, um, uh, and then you have to get it back if it leaves your account. Whereas with a credit card, um, you know, the money is not immediately taken out of your your credit card account. And there's also some more legal protections with credit cards than there is with debit cards for fraudulent transactions. But generally, the measures that I'm talking about are the same Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, have notifications, just be vigilant and try to monitor your what's happening in your account on a regular basis. So if you do see something that's like, oh, I didn't, that wasn't me, I didn't buy that uh, meal at McDonald's, then at least you'll know about it right away and you can contact your the issuer of your credit or debit debit card yeah. and and try to stop it from uh, from getting worse and, and, clean up the and speaking of monitoring you can also use paid services like Experian right to to monitor you, and, and to you track you definitely can yeah look i mean i I will say that I don't do that very often. Um, I do the thing that lots of people do, right, which is you get, like, your free credit report mm-hmm. from your credit card company or places like that, and, and you can't see those kinds of alarming things, like, did somebody open a new credit card that wasn't me or that wasn't my spouse, right? Um, so those are the kinds of things you can you can watch for. Yeah. Um, I am not a regular user of those kind of credit monitoring services. Um, I don't know how useful they are for normal people. So in these last 30 seconds, Shara, since you just went through all of this yourself, just remind us real quick, what do we do if we notice fraudulent charges on our cards? Basically, immediately, or as soon as you possibly can, you can contact your card issuer. And one of my colleagues, Michelle Singletary, gave me this great tip that save the phone number from the back of your credit or debit card to your phone contacts, because then you can call it easily and, and not have to scramble to find your card when you're stressed. That is Shira Oviday, writer of the Washington Post Tech Friend newsletter. You can check out her story on credit card fraud right now at WashingtonPost.com. Thank you, Shira. Thanks so much.